If you let retirement just happen, chances are you won't be happy for long. Looking back, you'll wish you planned more, a lot more. On today's show, five things you can do now to help you get where you want to be in retirement. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jules. This is your retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies. And uh, again, uh, happy to have you into the Fox Valley listening to Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel, who are in studio here. And uh, we are going to talk retirement. And uh, it is very simple. Maybe you're someone who uh, plans everything to the smallest detail, or maybe you just let things happen. Either way, retirement's approaching. And uh, as Sam said, we're going to outline some things that you should do before you retire. And uh, you got to have a plan. There's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, I think the first thing, Sam, is uh, you have to envision what retirement is going to be. And that's uh, certainly uh, individual for different people. It's, it's different for different people, isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's very, a very personal choice. But it's, it's interesting to me uh, how often people will come in to talk, and they really don't have any idea what they want to do in retirement. I mean, you've dreamed about retirement for however long you've dreamed about it. You've got a date in mind. You've got all of those sorts of things in mind. But a lot of times when we ask the question, what exactly is it that you want to do in retirement, or how do you see yourself being retired, uh, we'll kind of get a deer in the headlights look. So what we would tell you is we get it. You're busy working. You're busy raising your family. You're busy living day today all of those sorts of things but prior to really starting to get into well i'm going to retire you should start thinking about what are you going to do when you retire are you going to travel if so how are you going to travel what does travel mean to you does travel mean that you're going to go on a four-month cruise uh, or does travel mean you're going to go on a long weekend because these things when you're starting to budget for the retirement income that you're going to need make a tremendous difference will you volunteer are you going to see the grandkids more often all of these things are going to become a part of the the uh, the the picture if you will the painting of your retirement so try to envision what that's going to look like write it down discuss it with your spouse or your significant other make it as vivid as possible and by putting it on paper it seems to make it more concrete for many people and it's going to be easier for us and uh, a quicker process for us to be able to turn that dream you have into reality if you have a very very clear vision of what it is you want to do absolutely when you're assessing that travel uh, you better uh, take into account either gas prices or fuel prices with the airlines because uh, those things are gonna uh, have your head spinning i'm sure all right uh, andy is uh, there and you have to um tell people about how to uh, better understand day-to-day expenses because Sam just talked about uh, what's it going to take you know on a macroscopic level uh, envisioning your retirement but it costs money and of course uh, that means uh, what your day-to-day expenses are is crucial to knowing uh, that you're not going to run out of money in retirement. That's absolutely the case. You know, in many homes, people are accustomed to having a regular paycheck coming in or electronically deposited to your account, and you don't bother with a budget. They just pay the bills, live on what's left, and retirement comes with too many unknowns to leave expenses to that kind of a chance. The things that you have to consider, where's your income going to come from once those paychecks stop? 
Social Security, pensions, investments, retirement income. I don't know. Everybody's different. So then how are those investments going to get, or that income, how is it going to be taxed? That's another aspect that we have to look into. And how much of your expenses will your income actually cover? So this is important, in my opinion, that food, clothing, and shelter, in my opinion, is not an option. and should be covered by something that is a stream of income that you're not going to outlive. So how long will your savings last on top of that? If those if those incomes don't actually um, cover all of your expenses, then where are you getting the, the rest of that to make up the income gap? Absolutely. Now, again, that uh, goes hand in hand, Luke, with uh, reviewing all of your assets because you should, uh, we talk a lot about income streams. Andy just uh, mentioned that. So uh, again, you don't know what you can spend until you know how much you have to spend. Right. In reviewing your assets, you know, now you're in a new time. You want to use a different lens in order to look at those assets because you've been in this growth and accumulation phase since you've started working and leading up until your retirement. And now you want to shift into more of an income and maybe preservation phase. So Social Security, you know, that's going to provide some form of income form for you. Perhaps you're fortunate enough to have a pension, although we're seeing that those are less and less common each year that we go on. But are all the other assets, how do we turn them into income sources? That's going to be really key. And maybe you have a 401k or maybe you have an IRA and maybe you're figuring, you know, you can pull three or 4% a year out of there to add to your income. But that strategy doesn't always work because in a down market, the balance of that account can drop really quickly, especially if you're withdrawing money at the same time. So some other options to consider might be purchasing some form of an indexed annuity to create a regular stream of income to go hand in hand with that social security and pension to ensure that, you know, those things that Andy talked about with, you know, budgeting, you know, the food, clothing and shelter needs that you have are met with some regular income. We're talking uh, with uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel about uh, preparing for retirement. And for those of you out there that are uh, wanting to do so, remember that uh, Duell Financial Strategies is at your service with over 20 years of experience. 866-203-7486 is their phone number, and they'll give you that no-cost, no-obligation assessment of your situation. And uh, the situation is you have to pay taxes, right, Sam? You do have Uncle Sam uh, on your side, and we don't mean Sam Duell, although... uh, you would uh, kindly oblige, I guess, to <laughs> take 20% of somebody's uh, um, of, of fortune here if you were uh, Uncle Sam. But understanding the tax situation seriously is a key in retirement because it's not all your money uh, in retirement as you plan, right? No, it's it's not at all. And that's one of the most common mistakes that people make is, you know, on a day-to-day basis, people just don't think about taxes. That The federal and the state governments have gotten you so blinded to the obscene amount of taxes that you pay uh, by automatically deducting everything. So your taxes are deducted from your paycheck. The taxes are added to your gasoline when you purchase it, so on and so forth. Nobody ever sees that bill. So you don't understand how obscene uh, the the tax system that you're under is. Uh, you also don't uh, remember or, or understand that all of that money you've put into your 401ks, your 403bs, your 457 plans, that's not all your money because you made a deal with the, with the devil when you did that. You put that money in there, what's called pre-tax. So that money's never been taxed. And then you've ran it in what they call tax-deferred accounts ever since. So there's never been a penny's worth of tax paid on the 
original principal, nor has there been any tax paid on the interest that you've earned on it. So all of the money isn't yours. Uh, just, you know, let's say that you're, uh, let's say you're a married couple. Um, and you're uh you live on uh let's say you live on like eighty thousand dollars a year that's that's how much you live on uh and you've saved a million dollars in your ira accounts well you don't have a million dollars at your disposal because you've never paid taxes on that money so if you were if you're a married couple bringing in about eighty thousand dollars a year you should be in a 12 percent federal uh, tax bracket and you're going to be in about a five percent state tax bracket so that means that 17 percent one hundred and seventy thousand dollars of that million dollars is not yours to be used that belongs to the state and federal government you've already bequeathed it to them so you have eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars at your disposal you do not have a million dollars so if you're not working with a firm that understands taxes as well as they understand retirement planning, you're kidding yourself because you are going to end up in an absolute tax nightmare and you're going to feel like you've been beaten with a baseball bat because no one is ever going to express to you the truth of what you need to know. You need to understand that this money is going to be taxed. At the age of 72, you're going to have the largest forced distribution of money out of your IRAs that you will ever see in your lifetime and it only gets worse from there. So you need to be talking with financial professionals that also have a very, very solid understanding of taxes. Otherwise, you're going to have a bad surprise coming. Absolutely. And Andy, you've also, as we wrap this segment up, uh, you have to review the risk in your portfolio because it's bad enough that uh, you uh, have to pay the taxes on it, but uh, you don't want that double jeopardy of losing money in the wrong investments. Well, that's absolutely the case. For all of you who don't know, you can go to our website. We have a tool called Riskalyze. It's up in the upper right-hand corner at dualstrategies.com. You can click on that and actually go in and take an assessment that will help you understand what your risk level is. Often what we see is that more and more people have more risk than they actually realize. And that can come from just the differences between you and if you're working with somebody, the investment professional that you're working with. Um, they might have a higher tolerance than you do and depending on who they work for, they the categories might not align quite directly with who you are as an investment person. So um, I think it's really important to understand how much risk you actually have and know what that is. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to see that you're taking sometimes more than twice the amount of risk that you need to take in order to get the returns that you need to make your accounts work for you. So it it is, we come back all the time and say, you know, things that you can take control of within your investments are how much risk you're taking and how much taxes you're going to pay. So it it really is implored upon you to take advantage of talking to somebody that can help you set up a plan and make sure that you have what you need for your retirement because everybody is different. And I think sometimes people get to feeling like, oh gosh, if we've taken some losses, that way they've got to take way more risk to get back to where they were. And I think that's very common in the industry as well. Um, my my thought about it is don't take as much risk to begin with and you won't have to play the catch-up game constantly. Um, so take a look at, at Riskalyze, talk to somebody who you feel comfortable with, interview investment advisors because it is your money. You get to do this one time, right? So make sure it counts. All right. So Sam, uh, you have an offer for our listeners. Yeah, we call it the uh, Retirement Lifestyle Review. And for those of you that uh, listen to us every week on the radio here, we'd love to meet you. Uh, we'd love to talk in detail 
specifically towards your situation, all of these things we discuss on the radio. Uh, whatever aha moment you've had when we're talking uh, that would lead you to say, yeah, I need to know more. That's what these meetings are designed for. We can meet you in the Appleton office, in the Green Bay office, whatever's convenient for you. Uh, meet with Andy, meet with Luke, meet with myself. Uh, give a call. Rick will talk to you about the appointment process. He'll let you know what you need to bring, send you out some information on the company. We'll spend an hour together and just start talking about what does your retirement look like? What could you envision for it? And how can you go about putting it together efficiently with a team that is a fit for you? All right, and it's easy to do that. 866-203-7486 is the number for that no-cost, no-obligation assessment uh, from Sam, Andy, or Luke for that retirement lifestyle review. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. It's all about your retirement. It's about you anywhere in the Fox Valley that you're listening to us. Sam, what's coming up in the next segment? Well, it's called the Great Resignation, and millions of people are leaving the workforce every month. If you're among them or considering it, we've got some tips on what you should do with the money in your old account. We'll be right back. And we're back here on uh, Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton for Dual Financial Strategies, along with Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel in studio. And I think we remember the reggae song, I Don't Want to Work, I Want to Play on the Drum All Day. Well, it sounds like a lot more people are trying to do that because quitting a job has never been more popular, apparently, since the pandemic. In fact, in 2021, uh, they say that workers have left their jobs to the tune of nearly 4 million uh, people a month. That's incredible. That's the highest rate ever recorded by the uh, United States Bureau of Labor Statistics. So if you're one of them out there and you've got some options uh, for what you want to do with your 401k as uh, advertised here uh, on this program, because uh, there's a lot of different things, Sam, that people can do. And one of the things, uh, I don't know if you call them orphan 401ks, but leaving uh, money in your old 401k when you've left work is one of the options, right? Sure. Yeah, you can do that if if the company's plan uh, allows for it. It's they all have different rules uh, that will allow you to leave it behind, or they may require that you take it out in a certain period of time. Uh, if you like the investment choices that are there, uh, if the fees are reasonable, uh, you can get into. There's multiple different forms that you can access online. Uh, your statement doesn't really tell you anything about the fees inside of a 401k. There's a couple of documents that get filed by the company that we can point you to that will get you more uh, in depth and involved with what the actual fees inside of that 401k are. Um, but yeah, if you like it, you can you can leave it there. Um, it'll still continue to do all of the things that, that it will do. Um, you know, obviously you're not working there anymore, so you're not gonna be contributing any money to it via the, via the employer, and you're not gonna be contributing any money to it, nor are they, so you can't do that in a 401k when you're not working. So if you do want to continue to make uh, uh, regular savings contributions, outside of that plan you will need to open up another ira to do that um so there's there's ways that you can do this but yes leaving it where it is as it is at the current time uh is an option for you if the company's plan allows for it all right andy option number two is to maybe roll it into your own ira and there's a lot of benefits to doing that right there is and understand that if your ira at work 
you could have a partial to a Roth portion or to a traditional. So if you have both of those, you will have to open up two separate accounts to accept the money. So Roth money has been taxed on the front side, so it doesn't get taxed on the back. Your traditional IRA or traditional 401k has never been taxed. And so you have to have two separate accounts established so that you can roll those different types of money into their prospective accounts. But yes, once you do that, then the sky is the limit and you can invest in wherever and whatever you want to do with it versus the limitations that you had when you were working. So just be mindful that you can go stocks, bonds, um, exchange traded funds, annuities, whatever the case is, once you have those accounts established, you can do whatever you need to do or want to do that fits your personal comfort zone. You'll generally avoid taxes and penalties, obviously, if you are rolling it, because if you're you're rolling it versus withdrawing it, rolling it over just is the same type of taxation. So the IRS gets notification from the companies that you're working with, and they know and understand that you haven't withdrawn the money. But if you do withdraw money out of those accounts, and it is from a traditional IRA, then you need to make sure that you are accounting for the taxes that you will have to pay on that money since it's never been taxed if it's coming from a traditional. If you're pulling money out of a Roth, there's no taxes. So that part is nice. And for a lot of people moving in the direction of retirement or having retired, if you have to buy health insurance on the outside market, prior to turning age 65, then you can actually utilize some of that Roth money to help you qualify for some of the subsidies that are available on the ACA plans. So it's very interesting to understand the way that those monies will affect you when you need to pull them out. So just make sure that you are working with somebody that knows and understands the ways that those monies need to be rolled and invested as well as what options you have for withdrawing it. Um, It is important that you understand the rules because let's say you retire early prior to age 59 and a half and you want to take money out of that well not only are you gonna have to pay taxes on it but you've got a 10 percent penalty for taking out pre 59 and a half so if you are retiring a bit earlier than most people there are other rules that you have to be mindful of Absolutely. And uh, you can learn all about this and get the consultation from a fiduciary firm that has your best interest in mind in retirement, when we talk about that great resignation, uh, they will be resigned to help you uh, at the Dual Financial uh, Strategies at 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation to sit down. And we're talking about people who have quit their jobs, Luke, and uh, again, options that they have when they have a 401k. Uh, What if they get another job? Would you maybe talk a little bit about rolling it over to a new 401k? That's an option, whether good or bad, right? Yeah. Option number three would be taking that old 401k money, that orphan 401k, and going to your new employer with that and combining it with a new plan there. Now, this assumes that that new plan will allow for this. um, So you want to check with that first. And then you'll also want to examine just like you would have with your old orphan 401k what are the fees inside of there what investment choices do you have are you limited in any way do you have access to the tools that you know you want and this might be something that you want to bounce off of somebody else because maybe the fees are going to go up or maybe you don't have access to the tools that you want to then you may want to explore like andy was talking about getting that money into an ira where you've got more flexibility with it but just like you know moving the money to an IRA, if you're going to move it to a new 401k, you want to be sure that you do what's called a direct rollover, because in this case, you're actually sending the money from 
the institution that it was at before to the new institution. You don't want it to pass go and go through your account for any reason because then it becomes a taxable event. So a direct rollover is the way to go if the new 401k plan makes the most sense. Well, that's one mistake that could be made if you uh, take the check yourself. But, Sam, I think there is yet another way that uh, people who are not uh, advised properly or just do things on their own as do-it-yourselfers with a 401k after they have uh, resigned from their job. They see this uh, big uh, sum of money in their 401k, and they decide that they're not going to roll it over to an IRA. They're not going to roll it over if they get another job to a 401k. They're just going to cash it out, and that could be catastrophic, can't it? Oh, it's, it, it could be the worst decision that you could possibly make. We, we would never, ever recommend that you cash it out uh, unless it's just an absolute the only alternative left to you. The first thing that's going to happen is if you do that, uh, there is a mandatory 20% withholding on the federal tax side. But you're saying, wait a minute, I'm not in a 20% tax bracket, I'm in a 12. It doesn't matter. The 20% is mandatory. So you're either going to do the, the mandatory 20% and maybe under withhold, which in that case, you know, April the 15th of the following year, you're going to owe them more money, or you're going to give the government a considerable interest-free loan for the entirety of that time. Uh, the second thing is, if you're under the age of 55, you will pay a 10% federal early withdrawal penalty. Now, it's because it's coming out of a 401k. Most people would say, no, it's 59 and a half. It's 59 and a half if it's coming out of a regular IRA. But if you are leaving a job for any reason and you do a cash out, if you're at least 55 years old, you're not subject to the 10% early withdrawal penalty. So there is an exception for that. Uh, But like I said, they're going to take 20% of it right off of the top. You just think about it. It's, if, you're, if your marginal tax rate was 22% uh, and you cashed out a $50,000 IRA, you're going to receive $32,500 after federal taxes and fines. And that's not counting the amount that you're going to owe to the state. You're going to owe them another 5 or 6%. If you have any thoughts that you're going to leave a job and you're going to cash out a 401k, I would say please think six times about that before you actually pull the trigger because I can't. I can't think of a bigger waste of money than cashing out a plan like that because not only is it going to cost you a huge amount of money, what are you going to do with that money when you do get ready to retire? So now you're 55, you're 57, you're 58. Oh, I'm going to retire when I'm 65. Well, you're going to do it with $50,000 less than you were before. So you may find out that that retirement dream just evaporated with whatever needs you had for that cash today. Absolutely. And you're going to get a whopping 0.04% if you decided to put it into a savings account or maybe even a little bit more than that uh, into yeah, a certificate of deposit, right? I mean, so that ain't an alternative either, is it, Sam? No, it's just, it's just, it's never a good idea. I don't care what you're going to do with the money. It's just never a good idea to cash out uh, a 401k. Roll the thing over, do whatever you need to do. But if you need to withdraw money from one, do a well thought out structured withdrawal from the account rather than just saying, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to pull it out. The other thing that could happen there too, Chuck, is let's say that uh, in that, that year they've, they've already made, um, you know, they've already made 90 or $100,000. And then they do this cash out of this $50,000 401k. Well, now that just punched another tax bracket too. So yeah. essentially in that case, you'd go from a 12% bracket to a 22% bracket. You just, you just wasted an extra uh, 10%. So 
a lot of reasons not to. Absolutely. So that's the advice you can give people, uh, whether it's an IRA, uh, they're ready for retirement, they're ready to quit their job, they're ready to uh, see you, aren't they? Yeah, and you know, Chuck, that's what we talk about a lot at these meetings, uh, the Retirement Lifestyle Review, and then when people ultimately become clients of Dual Financial Strategies, we spend a great deal of time talking about, oh, where do I take the money from? How do I, what do I do with the money? It's interesting, once we put together a good, well-thought-out, well-structured plan that is targeted towards you, <clears throat> there's usually not a whole lot of need for messing around with it after that. If you're if you're messing around with a, with a plan that was done correctly to begin with, well, now you're making change just for the sake of making change. So what we find is that most people's questions start to center around what would be the best place to take the money from? At what point should I take the money? Is there an advantage to doing A or is there an advantage to doing B? So that's what good financial planning is about. It's not about just shoving you into a half a dozen different mutual funds and never talking to you again. It's about taking the time that it takes to get the plan correct, whether that's one meeting or 10 meetings, and getting you to where you're comfortable inside of your own retirement. Absolutely. And you can get that uh, beautiful retirement lifestyle review from Dual Financial Strategies by merely making a phone call. Pick it up right now and call 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. And talk to either Sam, Andy, or Luke about uh, your retirement because it is individual for you. They're independent. They won't not just sell you a product. They'll sit down and construct a retirement retirement lifestyle review for you and only you uh, based on your needs and wants. So once again, it's 866-203-7486. Pick up the phone and call them right now anywhere you're listening to us here in the Fox Valley. Now we're going to talk about the fears. There was fears of flying. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know, lots of different fears that you could talk about. Uh, fear of snakes, of of, of, uh, of uh, spiders, but there's also financial fears, aren't there, Sam? Well, for most retirees, the biggest fear is running out of money. That's most of the most of you's worst nightmare. Uh, the good news is, when we come back, we're going to outline some things that you can do to help you avoid that fate. And it's never too late to start. We're back here for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton here on the program, Your Retirement. And uh, we have uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel in studio here to uh, talk to you about some of your fears and assuage some of those fears uh, in retirement. Because Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, uh, once said, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. But it's time to face those fears, especially in this roller coaster economy we have right now. Uh, so before you start your retirement journey, maybe you're in that uh, retirement retirement red zone five to seven years before retirement. Let's talk about some of these common reasons that most retirees run out of money because if you're not responsible and you don't uh, see uh, seek the uh, advice of people like Sam, Andy, or Luke, uh, you're going to be in uh, the back seat. Uh, you may run out of that money that you're scared of. But most importantly, let's uh, talk about what you can learn to do to avoid that fate. And uh, well, some of the mistakes that could be made. You take all your money out of stocks, Sam. Let's talk about market volatility, because people are very fearful of where that market's going up and down and all around. Yeah, they're concerned about that now, and and for good reason. If you don't have a plan uh, and you're in the stock market, you probably have reason to be fearful. But 
I have found over the last, I think I'm going into 22 years this year, I don't know how many thousands of people I've talked to during that time frame, but I'm still waiting for the first person to sit down in my in my conference room and show me empirically via statements um, that the decision that you made to just bail out of the stock market at some point in time and go to cash was a good one. I, I've, you've all told me the stories about how you did it, but none of you has ever been able to provide me any proof because the reality of it is it didn't work for you. You made this decision to pull out of cash. You usually do it at exactly the wrong time. And some of you were so fearful, you never went back in again. So, you know, you missed the 400% in in, uh, in gains over the next several years after you left uh, to try to avoid 5% in downside. So that is almost never a good idea. But you have to make that decision from day one. Some of you don't belong in the stock market. We meet with you all of the time where you're in the stock market and you have zero zero business being in the stock market because frankly you can't handle it you cannot handle the volatility of the stock market you cannot stick with a plan long enough to handle the volatility of a stock market so you have to make that decision up front should i even be there to begin with yeah and if you should be then you've got to stick with the plan you can't go off all willy-nilly here or you're going to blow up what otherwise would have been a good strategy for I you. think so. Right. And, Andy, uh, there's some people that uh, maybe invest too much in stocks. There's the antithesis there. Well, we get so accustomed, I think, during our growth and accumulation years of that's basically the options that you have within your 401k is stocks, maybe some bonds. But then, in reality, we need to consider how much of your accounts that you have should be in stocks. Maybe it needs to be in something else. Exchange-traded funds are a pretty good option as far as costs compared to what all you can get invested in. The other thing, I, I, you know, we get really locked into these tools that we've used for decades in some cases, but are there alternatives that you should be looking at? Real diversification isn't, ne- isn't just different mutual funds. Real diversification is actually different asset classes. So do you need to consider doing something like using a fixed indexed annuity, using, um, I don't know, REITs or some other alternatives that may be a more viable option for you or may fill, I mean, when we talk about Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, in reality, we have to figure out what the purpose of the money is and then what kind of tools are out there that's going to fill that need. So be careful that you just don't get thrown from one mutual fund into another chunk of mutual funds and that you're actually diversifying within your investment so that you can buffer whatever happens within the market with something that maybe won't be so reactive to that. That's right. So now we're talking about uh, your fears in retirement and what leads to them. And one of the things, Luke, is maybe you underestimate your life expectancy. And uh, that's a real fear of running out of money. If you think you're going to possibly live 10 years, you're going to end up living 25. Yeah, and we see this over and over again where people will come in and say, Luke, I'm retiring. I'm 65 years old, but I'm only going to live another 10 years. Well, the average life expectancy says you're going to live longer than that. And, you know, prudent studies um, suggest that you should plan for closer to 30 years, because if your fear is running out of money, then wouldn't it make more sense to plan for sort of the worst case scenario in that? I mean, that's a great thing. I mean, most people want to live a long and healthy life, but let's plan to be conservative um, so that if you do live 30 years, you haven't run out of money. If you plan to only live 10 years, um, 
or if you in you know you could get sideways on that and run out of money it could be very quick. inconvenient yeah. yes <laughs> well here's another problem too sam you just plumb spend too much money uh, and you don't have an awareness of what you have and how long it's going to last well, and I think that word there that's key, Chuck, is an awareness. Uh, in a recent study found that about 46% of retirees spent more money in the first two years of retirement uh, they did than they did in the last years of working. And that does happen because people tend to replace things. Uh, you're going to be more active. You know, we talk about the three phases of retirement. Uh, early on, you got your go-go years. And then later on, you got your slow-go years. And then towards the end there, you got your no-go years. So in the go-go years, it's not uncommon to spend a little bit more money. And in most cases that we see, that's perfectly fine to do that. We will tell you if that will work for you or not, but you can't get into the habit. Yeah, and you absolutely. can't all of a sudden just start spending willy-nilly. You do have to have a set of spending parameters, and you got to stay within them. Or just like living too long, you're going to last longer than the money does, and that's not a good thing. Mistakes you may make uh, if you are fearing running out of money. And, Andy, one of them is you rely on a single source of income instead of a bucket strategy. Well, and I think that is something that we have to take into consideration. There was a recent study done, 94% of retirees and 86% of workers cite that Social Security is going to be their primary source of income in retirement. Now, that research was done by the Retirement Confidence Survey conducted by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, and that was in January. So at the same time, many fear Social Security will be reduced or cease to exist by the time they retire likely won't that is something that i think a lot of mm, sales pitchy things get into is is preying upon fear of some of those things and social security may not be everything that you need it to be so you know again what other streams of income do you have for going into retirement to help pay for food clothing and shelter so that's definitely something that I think you should seriously spend some time going through and coming up with a plan to address how you're going to pay your bills. How long is that money good for? Is there some sort of a bucket system that you need to put in place or is it just different asset classes that we need to use that will turn on at different points of time to create further income? All while addressing taxation and how that will impact your income that you have coming in on a monthly basis. So it it needs to be looked at as a total picture. Yeah, if you're not planned, uh, Luke, uh, to stay healthy, you're gonna get sick, uh, plain and simple, and that's costly. Yeah, you could get sick. I mean, we all know that as we get older, our health starts to deteriorate. Um, and with that comes greater expenses. A recent report from the Employee Benefit Research Institute suggests that a 65-year-old man needs to save $142,000 to have a 90% chance of affording his health care expenses in retirement. Now, this, folks, does not include long-term care. And these are um, amounts that are above and beyond what your Medicare or private insurance would be covering. And unfortunately, the news is worse for a 65-year-old woman today where she'll need around $159,000. So be sure you're doing all that you can to help cut down your health care costs. And you may want to consider um, using a supplemental Medigap or Medicare Advantage sort of plan to bridge those gaps so that you don't have to come out of pocket for that unless you've made another plan for that. Uh, we do have Lake in our office that helps people specifically in this area. He's the expert on these sort of solutions. So if, you're, if you've got questions on that, you can also reach out. Um, and I mentioned earlier, you know, that 
these numbers are not including long-term care costs, we are seeing, talk about inflating numbers, one of the highest inflating areas is long-term care costs. And according to Genworth Financial, the median cost for adult daycare today in the United States is nearly $1,700 a month. And if we shift over to, you know, having a private nursing home room, the median, the middle cost, $9,034 a month. Have a plan for your health care costs. Where is this money going to come from? Because it could it could bankrupt you. Absolutely. And as we wrap up this segment, if you don't have an emergency savings or you make the mistake of bankrolling your kids or grandkids, Sam, uh, that's a mistake. Yeah, you've got to have both. I mean, you know, we always think about having an emergency fund when we're still working, but you still have to have some money set aside for a larger unexpected repair uh, in retirement. And one of the ones that we see that we really, 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 we get it. I mean, you love your kids, you love your grandkids. uh, They're part of the family, but you need to stop giving them a leg up or contributing to their finances or their first home or helping them pay their tuition bills um, if that is putting your own financial security at risk. There comes a point in time, folks, I know this is hard to hear, but you got to stop being the bank of mom and dad. You can't do that forever. Uh, I have very, very few clients that I have ever met in my life that had the financial resources to continually support their kids. Now, we won't get into why you might have to support your kids. That's your own family's deal. But at some point in time, you have to think about you and you have to support you and they need to support themselves. They're adults. All right. So we don't have basements in North Carolina like you do in Wisconsin. So you know, no kids can be on the no, first no. floor with us. So anyway, that's, you, that's good. <laughs> you, you got a plan for people uh, very quickly. What can you do for them? Just talk. I mean, that's the biggest thing. We find that a lot of you, after hearing us on the radio, or maybe you've been to one of our in-person events, you just want to talk about it. There was something that we said. I usually I call it the aha moment. Something we said uh, that you said, "Wow, I've never heard anybody talk about that before." I think that applies to me. It's a good opportunity for you to get your questions answered. Interview us. Interview several advisors. We always find that when people interview several advisors plus us, you always end up coming back to us um, because we have the experience, we have the talent, uh, and frankly, we know as much about this as you need to have known. So interview some folks see some different people come in and talk with us i believe that you'll find that if you're a fit for us and we're a fit for you it'll be a good decision all right then you can do that very easily by giving them a call at dual financial strategies at 866-203-7486 and get that retirement lifestyle review because it is all about your retirement Uh, from green bay to appleton anywhere in the fox valley it's 866-203-7486 no cost no obligation to sit down and talk to sam andy or luke about your retirement 866-203-7486 is the number coming up on the last segment sam and i know it's a good one for all of you yep it's question and answer time and we're crafting some answers to the questions you've sent in to us details when we come right back We're back here, uh, our final segment of uh, Dual Financial Strategies, your retirement program. And uh, once again, I'm Chuck Caton, along with uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And we uh, always talk about cash being king. And so before we answer some questions here, we wonder if it still is. Uh, for uh, insight, we turn to uh, Meb Fabe, uh, who is the co-founder and CIO 
of Cambria Investment Management, who says this. But if you look at cash on an after-inflation basis, so going mm -hmm. back for the past 100 years, cash is lost, and cash meaning T-bills. So not, not just putting things under the mattress, but actually putting in T-bills. After inflation, at one point, you lose half, okay? And so we did a, a post that said you have to invest, and it could be a global portfolio. It could be stocks, bonds, and we're saying that's struggling this year. And the third missing piece that almost no one has is real assets like commodities. Um, that portfolio historically has been safer, less volatile, and a lower drawdown than cash has been over time. So, Sam, hearing that, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, you know, what he talks about is uh, it's it's very, very accurate. Diversification is is key. And as we talk about many times, diversification doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you own a bunch of different mutual funds or something like that. It's not about a product. This is about truly going among asset classes, that you've got things in fixed income bonds, that you've got things in treasuries, that you've got things in stocks and exchange traded funds, that you've got things in fixed indexed annuities, that you've got cash, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You want these opposing asset classes that are complementary to each other so that you don't have as rough a ride as you could possibly have otherwise. All right, let's do answering question time now here. And Andy's going to take Jerry and Appleton here. Uh, and uh, Jerry is a single parent, 67 years of age and ready to retire. He says, uh, I'm anxious uh, about decisions I need to make because my daughter's in her last year of college. I don't have any more money to pay for it. So for her last year, should I take out uh, from my retirement monies or get a loan? She's a good kid. She's got some special problems that she's overcoming daily. So uh, any advice on this, Andy? Well, I would certainly caution you from taking it from your retirement monies, um, not knowing what your total picture is, as we've said earlier in the show, um, taking your retirement money on your children can really put you at a huge detriment. So my thoughts would be, can you guys investigate some of the grants that may be available for her? Is there any options as far as student loans that would be available to her? I would definitely investigate all of those avenues before I would tap, tap into your retirement monies. And um, at 67 years old, I, you know, if you're still working or you're not working, the reality situation is based on how much college is costing these days. Um, I would be hard pressed to say that you're going to be able to replace that money and any earnings that you would be able to make on that money in a year based on what she's doing. If she's in her last year of college, I don't think that it makes sense for you to deplete your monies because it just takes too long to accumulate that money over again. So be mindful of that, that, you know, I would look at other avenues first. All righty. Uh, let's go to Green Bay now. Marty is there, Luke, and uh, wants to know the stock market's my problem. My 401k is my problem. So what are the chances now? Uh, I retire, the stock market crashes. All my plans will be upside down. So uh, what do I do with my 401k now? My original plan, as recent as last month, was to draw down my 401k and use approximately $200,000 to renovate my house. Uh, should I take a loan? or keep my plan the way it is. Well, we've got a lot of problematic questions here this week. We do, and Marty, thanks for writing in. Uh, you bring up a good question, and we've already seen a tremendous amount of volatility in 2022, as you're likely seeing in your 401k right now. Uh, what I don't know is, you know, what portion, you know, it seems like the big question here is the this home remodel 
concerns about the market what I, I don't have a big picture overview of you know what you have in assets um, how you came up with the plan to to use the two hundred thousand dollars seems like a big figure um, but you know you ask you know what do you do with the 401k now i think first and foremost as we talked throughout the show today understanding your risk level your comfort level with risk at this point is really important because you want to be able to stay committed and i sense that you know you've got some concerns with your 401k and maybe you want to make some changes but are you positioned correctly i mean that's where you've got to start out with you know do you have the right amount of risk the right amount of reward there to allow for you to be able to pull two hundred thousand dollars now and not jeopardize um, you know a 25 to 30 year retirement time frame so and you know the other option you have is you know is the renovation of the house needed at this time when we're in really volatile times or could you hold off you know for a few more years until the market has corrected itself and maybe pull some of the the cream off of the top of that 401k instead of you know pulling it down by two hundred thousand after you've maybe had some volatility already. I question whether it's going to cost them 200000 It might be 300000 The way costs are going to renovate That's a home true now, too. You know? yeah. Let's go to Denmark now, and Edith is there. Sam, she wants it on 64. My husband's 62. We plan to work till at least he's 65, uh, so three or four more years. Uh, we've got about a million dollars total in various accounts, but my own IRA has $400,000 in it, so should I move it to a Roth? Or is it too late to do it at this stage? I'm also trying to pay down our mortgage. Our house is worth about $650,000, and the mortgage is down to $200,000. So uh, when we retire, uh, we'll be debt-free and uh, can sell the house and go. What do you think? Well, you've got some uh, you've got some good plans in place, Edith. It sounds like you've given some considerable thought to this. A um, couple of areas. Uh, to, to be debt-free is a good thing obviously in retirement that's always good um it one of the thoughts i'd have though is you say you're trying to pay the house down um so i would assume that you're probably you're probably putting more towards that payment that would be my guess but if you're going to sell the house when you retire anyway in the next three to four years um, i would be curious to know what you feel the advantage is to be aggressively paying the house down at this point in time um, when you could be using that money more towards your retirement savings accounts um, if you're going to sell it anyway whether you've got a hundred percent equity in it or ninety percent equity in it the number is the same at the end of the day you either spend the money today to get yourself to hundred percent equity or you put more money into retirement savings bridges things you know, uh, income bridges, things like that. Um, and then just when you sell the house, you sell it for whatever you sell it for. That might be something to think about there. Um, your question about uh, moving all of your $400,000 in your own IRA to a Roth IRA, uh, you know, you say, is it too late at this stage? No, it's never too late, Edith. It's it, To get that money from a taxable standpoint to a tax-free standpoint uh, is never a bad idea. However, what you would want to do there, uh, and I can't, I can't answer it for you on the radio. I'll look forward to looking at it in person when you come in, uh, but it's, I, I don't know if it would make sense for you because that's all about what tax bracket are you going to be in. Uh, you know, let's say that you're in a 
you're in a 12% tax bracket now, but by doing a big conversions on your Roth IRA over the next few years, it's going to bump you up into a 22. Well, I don't know. Does it make sense to pay an extra 10% in taxes when you don't necessarily have to? Um, now, if you're already in a 22% tax bracket and it would push you up to a 24% tax bracket, yeah, there could be some things that, that might make sense there. We just want to make sure that you're not doing too much in any single year uh, so that you don't run into any of the uh, the federal uh, IRS gotchas that would add extra taxes on top of your income because you got it too high and make very, very, very sure that you're not doing large Roth IRA conversions within a couple of years of going on Medicare. Because if you're going to start taking Medicare at 65, there's a special rule. It's called IRMA. The acronym is I-R-M-A. But um, it will penalize you, and it could penalize you substantially on the amount of Medicare premium that you have to pay if you have too much income on a tax return in those couple of years leading up to it. So that's absolutely something that you want to talk with your tax planner about, and you want to talk with uh, the people that are helping you with your conversions to make sure sure they understand that rule because you could end up paying hundreds of dollars per month more in Medicare premiums if you don't do that correctly. Absolutely. And you're not going to uh, be able to get that reversed uh, for two years. I know that no. for a fact as well. No, it's it's painful for yeah. uh, quite a long period of time. Yeah. Phyllis in Menasha, Luke, final question very quickly here. Does my employer's matching contribution count toward my uh, maximum that I can contribute to my 401k? Phyllis, great question. We get this very often. No, your employer contribution. The bad news is no. No, Uh, it it will not count against um, your limitation. So you can put in in 2022 uh, $20,500 for those under 50. Once you go over the age of 50, they let you do an additional 6,500. So you can put in $27,000 a year if you're over 50. And that does not include your employer. Your employer could add additional funds to the top of that. All right. So, Sam, uh, I know you've got an offer for our listeners as we wrap the program up. Well, we call it the Retirement Lifestyle Review, and we would like to meet you in person and just take a look at your situation. Maybe you're wondering, can I retire? Maybe you're wondering, what will retirement look like for me? Maybe you're wondering, how much could I spend in retirement? Um, Maybe you're looking for a second opinion on your investment structure because you've been through some real wild volatility here lately. We can answer all of those questions for you and more. Takes about an hour. Call it Retirement Lifestyle Review office in Appleton, office in Green Bay, convenient to you. Just give the office a call at the number Chuck will give you. You'll talk to Rick. Rick will talk with you. He will put you in an appointment with either Luke or Andy or myself, uh, depending upon your particular situation. And we can chat more about it and see what we can do to make your retirement be the way you've always dreamed it could be. Absolutely. And the number to call is 866-203-7486. 866-203-7486 to get that no-cost, no-obligation review because it's all about your retirement. It's the Retirement Lifestyle Review at no cost, no obligation. Anywhere within the sound of our voice, it's 866-203-7486. And again, ring that number right now. And Dual Financial Strategies will be at your service with over a score of years of experience in retirement planning for you. Sam, great show. Your final thoughts. Great show. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We'll be here again, same time, same place, next week.
Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.